0: Uh, real talk podcast. I am Shane Girdlestone, um, and I have my co-host here, uh, George Wilson. Uh, we here to talk about real shit, taboo shit, the controversial shit, uh, anything that you might want to know the questions about, or think that you have been told the truth, but maybe not have. Um, just ready to dive deep in those subjects, and you know, talk about your questions and answers and those different types of subjects. Before we get into it, it's going to be an interesting one. This one—it's actually about me. Uh, Mm -hmm. We're interviewing me about my recent choices. Um, First off, let's have a chat with uh, the body architect, George. Mate,
1: what have you been doing yourself, buddy? Just trying to get through the days, mate. For me, I'm back in a two thousand calorie deficit, like literally straight off the back, two thousand drop. And it uh, wasn't—it wasn't really for body fat composition or anything like that. It was just because my appetite hit a wall. Um, And I thought at first, I was like, "This is a real blessing." But as the kind of like the days have gone past, my appetite's not come back yet, but diet fatigue has set in. So I'm now at like a loose end. I'm like, I'm not really hungry. I don't really want to eat, but I still feel like shit. So it's just a, <laughs> yeah, it's not really working to do what I thought it would. But of course, it's a delayed response. It's going to eventually pick back up. I've got four to six weeks of this now, um. But yeah, kind of rightly timed. I've got that little bit of like stimulation in the morning. You know, jumping up, taking my lipolytics and stuff. So with the comp window now coming in, probably the right time for me to be a bit overstimmed and <laughs> not sleeping so much. You on know, the back end, because you have been quite sick a few times over the past couple of months. Mate, since I come back from Turkey, we went on a little holiday uh, post my prep and I come back with neurovirus. And from there, it was just like a, a delayed response. And my immune system must have hit the floor so hard. I think I dropped to like seven or eight kilos in three days when I had it. What? so from there every time I've got ill since it's like hit me for six and laid me up in bed even like benign things like colds and flus and stuff that I'd normally just work through absolutely wiped me out it was uh yeah I'm still waiting <laughs> on that response every time Zoe comes back like oh caught a cold or anything I'm like hey, mate.
0: <laughs> and mate when you're a competitive bodybuilder if you lose two kilos you're about to start crying if you're losing seven kilos
1: shit I, I was looking at myself in the mirror hardly standing up thinking where the fuck have I gone like it's three days I, I now look like I don't lift what the hell has happened <laughs> Yeah, it was just that it was just the uh, the dehydration, man. I couldn't believe it. It was the first time I've had to go into a hospital and have electrolytes pumped into me because I was that bad. So Yeah. Shit. Jumping out of that into a growth phase is probably not the best idea, but hey. I would I would say um how's things for you, Shane? But that is the kind of topic of this entire episode, man. So um yeah, well, I'll let you lead the way on the leaving this one.
0: Easy, so we are putting this podcast up out of sync. Um, so I feel the podcast is going to be a bit, still talking about my comp prep and leading up to the IFBB um, state shows and the uh, Grand Prix uh, up in Spain as well. But um, this one's going to be about your, your why and specifically going to talk about my why. Um, so I have pulled out of um, competing, I'm not jumping on stage. Um, we're four weeks out when we made that decision now, when when I made that decision, it wasn't something I'd done just off the, the back end of a of a bad day, because we all know when we go through a comp break, we have our ups and downs, you know, fatigue, is high stresses, high sleep minimal, you know, foods minimal, you know, you're going through all those different stresses. Where some days you just gotta say, fuck, it, I'm out, I'm done. Um, but yeah, this is my first time pulling out of a show, uh, being five years competitive. Um, and to give you guys a bit of a bit of a bit of knowledge, so my first show um with um, my coach back then I, I got uh i took out the um the novice and then i came second in the category of under five and uh, under 85 kilos back then um i think i was 81 on the day I was tiny um but even in, in that like the way that coach like the way he'd done his his deficit was that he'd deplete you of carbohydrates from 10 weeks out it was it was absolutely brutal um, and, and being a first-time competitor too, like thinking that if this is what we're going to do every time, I can't do this. Um, yep. But I, I pushed through still, um, and you know, plenty of plenty of fights at home and some crazy moments and, and things like that. But pushed through it. Um, and got a stage, like I got a couple of trophies, and I was quite proud of that. Then into you know took a, took a year growing, coming to the next show, and that one was a, that one was a very interesting one uh, with the ups and downs with that one. So, I actually bit off about a third of my tongue when I was about 12 weeks out. Um, and that was again, uh, I talk about ego lifting. I was, I was doing a squat, and as I came out, um, I had chewing on my mouth at the same time. And I bounced as I came up, and I've done that. I chewed, but I came down on my tongue as the weight came down as well, and just bit a big chunk of tongue out. Like literally, this, this bit of flesh I spat out on the ground. Um, it was, and then, yeah, all my food for about three weeks after that was all blended, drinking through a straw. It was, you know, and, and chewing food, pushing up to the side of my mouth and, and eating that way. <laughs> um, and, and then other other stresses between moving like that. Then coming into the next show, now yeah, that one was a doozy. That one, if anyone was going to pull out of a show, it it, it, it should have been that one. So um, just after Christmas 2020, um, yeah, 2020, so 19th January 2020, uh, we had a house fire. Uh, I was actually out as a family doing my cardio um and i get this random phone call and it was the um a senior sergeant saying is this shane girlstone yep well then they said, look don't, don't panic you've had a small house fire we we're making sure you're not in the house um are you able to come home and we come home and it was not a small house fire there was
1: there i was, was a- gonna say i i i, I wasn't obviously we, we weren't working to get rid of time frame, but i saw your stories uh, a couple i think it was on the anniversary of it Yep. that you're saying that's a small fire i would hate to see what a big fire looks like to them jesus christ yeah, mate. There was a the emergency response team was there. Two five trucks were there. Um,
0: police had cordoned off three of the streets. Ambos were there. Um, the entire top level was taken out. Then obviously from all the all the shit coming down into the bottom level was taken out. Well, we literally we lost we lost everything. We we actually walked out. Um, we actually had some clothes in the back of our car. That we we're about to take to um, Saint Vincent's here yeah, to give away and donate. So we literally, that's that's all we had. We literally lost everything. And then we had to go into emergency accommodation. Um, And then as that happened, I got a real bad flu too. And I was sick for about nine, 10 days. But I literally have all these these plastic containers. I was prepping my my meals still in in a microwave in this shitty hotel. Uh, And then we got put up in this two bedroom apartment. And then COVID hit as well. So here we are, four people living in a two bedroom apartment in the middle of summer with no air conditioning. Sweating our balls off, and I'm still trying to to train and prep for a show. So out of all the comps, you know that one should have been the one I should have pulled out of. Um, my last comp was actually just before we started working together. George was actually quite 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 good and quite cruisy to be honest. when I was being coached on the Logan Robson. But for me, it's always been you know why I got on stage at the start when I started my bodybuilding career. You know I I, I loved the physique development on how far I could push the body, how I could develop my body and grow my body and see what I could bring to the stage. And I always had in that, in that mindset in the back, like, I want to win a pro card one day or get pro status. Um, that, that'd be a huge achievement. And I always wanted to compete overseas and become, you know, an international as I do inverted comedy, if those who aren't watching, an international competitor. Um, and then coming to this one, you know, we've, we've done a between myself and George, we've done a, a, a long, relatively long uh, growth season, um, put on a fair bit of size, and it was around Christmas we bought this house we're living in now, and I started questioning my why then. So, so why am I doing this? Why am I getting on stage? And I just really started to ask, what's the point? And when we moved in here, like typically when we, whenever we've moved into a house, there's that tradition of moving into a house. First night, you're eating on the floor, eating pizza, All right? I didn't do that this time. You know, typically maybe maybe a drink with the wife or something like that. And I started questioning then. And then, again, Christmas comes around, which, you know, you gave me a few days off over Christmas to, to relax a bit, which was fine. But again, I was just questioning, I'm you know, like, you know, I'm turning 40 soon, you know, but... Two young men that I'm, I'm, I'm raising as well, so two boys. And I was, I was missing out on that again. And it just sort of started to, to trigger that thought process even further on why. Um, and then it really came around to my birthday when I turned 40. Um, again, you know, we had plenty of friends come around. I've always made the point too, but I say friends came around and I've had some other outings as well. I've made a point that when I do a comp prep, I, I try not to restrict myself and not do things, you know, I went to the drags a while ago and then we all went out to Brazilian barbecue a while ago where I didn't eat, I just went there for the social aspect of it, which was quite nice and fine. It's I can control myself when I do those sort of things. I know a lot of people can't do that in that environment, but then yeah, hitting my birthday and all my friends around and you know, 40 being a rather big one, especially after the past 10 years that my family's been through between losing our company and the house and having to restart our lives, we've had to restart our lives twice in, in a decade, um, was was really the, the the tipping point for me. But I still didn't make that decision then of saying, nah, I'm out, I'm done. Yeah. Um, and then just sort of, it kept on playing on my mind and then it just came to that process where I, I, I just said there, there is no point for me getting on stage. It started to damage my business in a sense, because you get to that point where, you know, I'm doing check-ins with clients and I'm, I'm making, I've got half a page of notes on one side so that when it comes to their check-in next week, I've got everything, I'm always making notes, but they, these notes get longer and longer and longer, just so I'm not missing that stuff. Because at the same time, I, they're paying me for a service and I'll make sure they're still gonna get that same service no matter how fatigued and how fucked up my brain is. Yeah. and. It just, yeah. So I I talked to my wife about it and she was um she was adamant. She's like, Matt, you're still competing, you're not pulling out, you never have, you're not gonna do it. I'm not gonna allow you to her exact words were I'm not gonna let you. Yeah. And I just said, I'm I'm done. I just don't see why. And 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 that 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 was really the 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 point. And that's when I I sent a text to you and said, look, mate, uh, you're free for a catch-up, uh I'm pulling out.
1: I mean, the thing with it all, Shane, looking at like the adversity you kind of face through past preps, we know that this isn't a case of not being able to get the job done. It's a case of whether you want to now, like you've had that internal fire, you've had that drive to compete through all kinds of adversity and your why was strong enough that in the past, it didn't matter what life threw you, didn't matter, bump it off, crack on, the goal is more important. You know, that selfish intrinsic value we've got to step on stage and achieve that goal for us is of a, a higher priority than the other things around us. And of course, going through life, priorities change your your what you can give that energy to within your you know your day-to-day battery life it it starts to deteriorate and obviously you've got a hell of a lot going on Shane within working coaching family life additional things of course as you get older become a lot more valuable to us and offer us more of a reward than perhaps our younger more selfish goals and at some point that's a natural transition that everyone's kind of got to well not necessarily got to go through some people don't but most people will kind of cross this at some point in their life where priorities change things shift and you have to be quite honest with yourself which i think is quite nice again hearing the transition it wasn't just the case of you woke up at christmas that day after it and think thought oh, no i'm not doing this anymore you gave it time to keep digging in you didn't just pull out just because of one bad day and again remembering like on comp prep we are going to have more bad days than good towards the back end and mm-hmm. there is always times where you sit there you look at yourself in the morning after sleeping for an hour that night heavy as fuck can't move your feet you look at yourself in the mirror and think Why am I doing this? I'm literally killing myself. But for some reason, that that external thing at the end, that goal that we're trying to achieve just makes it worth it at the time. And if you drop that wire off, if that internal fire that is telling you to do something drops off, you're fighting and losing battle trying to elongate that window. You're just going to stress yourself out even more. You're going to worry about it trying to please almost like other people around you again like your wife's expectations you stepping on stage you know the kids were looking forward to seeing you step on stage like we said obviously you have a coach who's coaching you that you know just spent all this time working together to achieve something there's like this certain like responsibility you feel for people outside of you and externally and it's important to remember like and like i said to you straight away from a coach's perspective shane like at the end of the day as much as it would be great to put you on stage and, and finish the job off it's my job to make sure that you are happy content and going in the direction you want to go in with your goals so if the goal changes that doesn't mean that we now, you know, it all just crumbles and it all falls apart. We now just reassess, change the direction and, and keep pushing forward to them goals, whichever direction they go. So there's never like a personal thing and there shouldn't ever be a personal thing between a coach and a client should a client make that decision. Because it's not my decision to make. That's that's entirely on you. It's my job to help you make sure you're correcting your decision and that two weeks down the line, you're not going to regret or try and jump back in. Because, of course, by that point, we've already made changes and wasted two weeks. But so long as you're completely solidified in your decision and I can see that it's a true reflection of where you are and it wasn't just because you was having a bad day, there should be no regression or, or fight back from that decision. It should just be a, quite a mutual thing between coach and client to understand this is the best thing for you. Uh, there's, there's something else you didn't quite touch on as well, Shane, with the PTSD, which is something that we I think we should address as well. There, there's yeah. a lot more adversities than just external stuff. you also got your own internal stuff that you also battle that most people don't, which is another, another hurdle for us to have, what we've been trying to get over and work around. Yeah.
0: yeah, look, I, I do suffer from PTSD from the military. Um, it's, it, was, it was only diagnosed you know, probably about a year ago now. I have been, I've had anxiety in that for quite some time. But when we started diving deep more into that, yeah, it was, it was PTSD. Uh, and I have been battling with um, Department of Veteran Affairs for quite some time um, around my discharge out of the military and we've been going through that process. And that's also coming to a head as well. So there's those stress factors that have also been you know, accumulating in the background as well. Um, it, it's, it, it's funny, because the, the why has changed and getting on stage doesn't suit my goals. And there's there's also two people that have been resonating big in my, in my brain um, over these past couple of months as well. Is one, again, Logan Robson, me and him had a chat when we caught up in the gym probably about six months ago. And, you know, we'll talk about his pro card, when's he going to do his pro debut, blah, blah, blah. And we got to the discussion and said, like, and I asked him, like, have you found that getting your pro status, does that benefit your business? And he said, not at all. Hasn't hasn't changed anything for his business. And then when we recently, which we haven't launched this episode, yet, we recently uh, interviewed Cam George, who won the pro card, run the Australian title at last, uh, last season, and, while he isn't a comp prep coach yet, um there was that he said that there's that expectation of now that he won now that he's won the pro card, there's that expectation that he has to go further. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so both of those aspects have sort of been playing in my mind too that you know I think in Australia, winning a pro card doesn't do shit for your business. It doesn't do anything. But then once you win it, and, and Logan's exactly the same, people are like, oh, when are you going to compete again? When are you doing your debut? Why aren't you competing again? Like, like why do you have to? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've come second in Australia for the under-90s, and I'm, and I'm quite content with that. Don't get me wrong. To win a show and, and have that ticket, it mm-hmm. would be great. But as soon as you go out in the wind, that ticket blows off. Like, no one really gives a shit. And, and two years later, no one's going to remember you.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Damn straight. Right. So I, I think with with where I want to go, like business wise and growing the business, it's got nothing to do with me getting on stage. Yeah. Besides from from going through the process and learning from experience, which I've done it many times before, there's there's not much more I can learn on the the mental side, the mental aspect and the physical aspect and the fatigue aspect of actually going through it. There's not much more I can learn because I've done it and been there and been through
1: it. Yeah, exactly exactly man uh, and i think for the listeners listening in here th- this is something that we address like shane's shane's situation and where he is now making this decision is very different to perhaps some of you younger guys or girls that are watching and listening right shane's been through the ropes he's been there he's done this multiple times and proven that he, he's got what it takes to step on stage and actually do this thing that you know, quite you know people look at bodybuilding as being quite fashionable now and, like it's this is really cool thing and our industry's growing which is great but there's so many people being drawn to it which is again fantastic i'm not knocking it but there's a lot of people that are realizing how hard bodybuilding actually is and what it takes to actually get in stage condition not everyone has the willpower to do so so when you're listening to this and you're thinking oh you know hearing shane pull out from a comp you know he's, he's had all these you know past experiences and stuff you as a first timer perhaps listening to this suddenly kind of having these same thoughts remember that the stage is not going to go anywhere this is what i said to shane as well yeah. the minute he said he pulled out that stage ain't going nowhere so that, that bodybuilding is going to live on far past for when we're gone so that stage isn't going anywhere. There's always going to be another opportunity should you wish to or want to step on stage. That's never going away anywhere. So if you're you're young and you, and you know, the, the timing is not quite right right now for you. Remembering that life stuff is going to get in the way all the way through your competitive career. There's going to be times where perhaps you want to start prepping, you want to prep, but health gets in the way. Life throws a curveball that skews it. It doesn't mean bodybuilding's done for good. There is always that next time where you could step on stage. I have I've said to you just before the uh, pod chainers, you know, there's two comps I pulled out of one for a family reason and one for health concerns. It didn't stop me chasing it. It didn't stop me switching that fire back on and going again. So if you are in this position that you know you've had to pull from a comp and you're quite younger, you're not like in Shane's cap. Don't sit there and stress that this is bodybuilding done now and that you maybe don't have what it takes. It's just a case of reassessing the hens in the coop, getting them all back in line, and progressing forwards from there.
0: Yeah, I think. Um... Like, I, I never say never, um, you know, four years time, I say, hey, George, let's fit the switch and let's do masters and do opens. Who, who knows, right? Um, you know, there, there's bodybuilders out there that are still doing this at 50, 55, um, even up in the pro ranks. But I've also I've also had to reevaluate the, my my own physique and that at the end of the day, I don't see myself currently as a pro contender.
1: Now, this is this is something that we've not touched on with people, and that's being realistic. Being realistic. Like
0: you've got to think like this takes a lot of time. And if even and even to grow, Yeah, you know, I've had some young fellas come to me before, goes, yeah, I want to get a pro card, I want to go I want to go pro. All right, sweet. But okay, it's not about a 26 week or 28, 28 week or 20 week prep to get your pro card. You've got to look at the off season, you've be ticking those boxes day in, day out for years. All right. And and even to put on the, the the size, the symmetry, and then bring the conditioning comes with experience and time. If we look at the Lyle McDonald, um what's his it's his um I think it's muscle growth or muscle can't remember the chart. But he talks about he goes about, you know, um first time bodybuilders and talk about males specifically first time bodybuilders then you got intermediate and advanced bodybuilders on how much actual uh muscle mass you can build throughout a time period and if we look at like even if we look at the um the advanced lifters like the amount of muscle growth that you can actually generate naturally in, in a month period is 125 grams
1: and that's if that's if you're lucky
0: and that's that's if you're lucky and that's a, you know if you're talking about someone, let's say someone's you know five foot five foot eleven and 100, 125 grams a month you do that over a year, like you're, you're only looking at what, 1.375 uh, kilos in a year, potentially of muscle mass, yeah. right? Naturally, you know, so this this is again, these these people come to you and think, oh, I want to start competing two years later. I want to have a pro card. No, this takes a lot of time. Um, You look at the pro cards who have been doing it for 10 years and haven't got a pro card yet, but you look at the muscle mass, they've, they've accumulated over a 10-year period. Well, it looks... Huge! It's actually only probably been between the, the six and eight kilo mark.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, the thing, genetics. The it's genetics, man. As much as I hate to play that card because people talk about it so much nowadays, but genetics really does define that you can have the hardest work or the best, sorry, work mentality on planet Earth, and you, you can have all the right mindsets and approach and the best coach and the best setup. But realistically, what defines those top tier? We're talking like the top ten percent in the world, Olympians. What defines them? They have everything that we need to progress forwards in terms of the external variables, motivation, drive, willpower, they've got it all. But the thing that they have that sets them apart from everyone else is they've got all of that, plus the genetic pool that they was gifted just from their mum and dads to be this big, to grow to this size. There are people out there that are amateurs that are training probably harder, more better, more acutely, more perfectly than any other pro out there or any Olympian but they don't look the same and there's a yeah. big, big big factor here that we don't like to play the genetics card because it is a bit of a cap like people go "Oh, well i can't get it because of my genetics it's somewhat true it's somewhat not there are plenty of good pros out there that maybe don't have the perfect genetic structure but have worked their ass off to get there but it's realistic on where you are your potential to grow the realistic look at your structure your insertion points do you have that potential you can outwork genetics you can to some extent to some extent so that doesn't mean just because you don't have the genetics, you need to stop bothering your bodybuilding. It's a waste of your time. But be realistic that it might not take you two years like this absolute genetic freak over here that sniffed a dumbbell and turned into a pro. It's probably yeah. going to take you 10, 15 years to develop a fucking physique that's pro-worthy. Yeah. So when kids come to me and they go, ah, oh, I want to get pro card in two years, and you look at them and you go, well, the people that do that naturally look close to pro-worthy anyway. Yeah, like I've been training what 11 years now see I started when I was 14 I'm now 25 naturally my physique looked shit I happily stand there and say that I had no legs I was very like very scrawny drawn in six foot tall really really skinny I had no natural kind of shape, stru- uh, shape size or muscularity something I've had to work on to build now in my early years I was the same as every other kid I started bodybuilding I was like yeah I'm going to get my pro card it's going to be really good for business I'm going yeah, to do everything I'm going to take over the world Everyone has that mentality when they're younger. It's not until you do your first off season and you actually look at how much muscle you can put on, whether enhanced or natural, when you see that reflection, it's a big pin drop moment where you sit there and go, okay, realistically, it's probably going to take me 10, 15 years of repeatedly doing this to get the size I need. That's when you need to look at yourself and go, do I have 10, 15 years of my life to give to this? Can, can I eat my meals every day, day out, day in, day out, be strict, restrict myself from certain social situations. You can still go and be present, but, you know, you're going to have to take your meals with you. You can't be completely 100% in the moment with these people. You've always got to be the bodybuilder in the situation. Can you do that for 10, 15 years? Some people can. And I believe that it is something to do with how their brains are wired, that they, that's how they think. That's how they focus. That the routine is the key pinnacle for them getting through the day without falling apart. Those people more than likely could probably put up with it, but for most normal human beings, 10, 15 years to sacrifice for something that may or may not happen a bit of a risk
0: that's it you, you gotta be realistic and then that's where I'm, I'm being realistic at the moment too the same thing i've had you know a, a moment of reflection of looking where we're going and you know family is most important to me you know and as a family man married with two kids you know it's a very big sacrifice for them as well yes right like at that Parts of my comp prep, they will go out and hide food from me. Like they'll go out and when I say hide food, like they'll go out and do something and I won't go. Yeah. All right. Or yeah, my wife yeah. won't get that that bit of cake or something or whatever. Or my kids who won't do something. Or they'll they'll, they'll they'll my kids for example right now. They'll, they'll, um, <laughs> because I'm such a feeder when I'm comp prepping as well. Right. Like I'll give them a piece of cake. And I'm like, oh, how's that taste? and They're like, oh, it's terrible. Dude. It's terrible. I like, don't bullshit me. Just tell me. I need to know. <laughs> You know, so it, it's a big sacrifice for them too. So it's, it's while well, people think that, you know, this is very much a, a lonely sport, which it can be. But when you're you're a family guy, married guy, partner, whatever, it it, it, is, it is a team sport. It always. It, it always is. You know, so I've had that moment of realisation that like, they're important to me. We've got to start enjoying life together. Yes. And I need to concentrate and focus more on my business and, and, and moving forward that way and, I think and if there's if there's anyone out there that that you know that they want to do a show just they've got to be a bit realistic and think about it and think about the the, the sacrifices you're going to have to make
1: yeah completely man completely i think the the thing with bodybuilding like yes to some extent it is a selfish sport but May, maybe when you first start out maybe when you you know 17 18 early 20s trying to get into it you're still single it's a very selfish sport and you can afford to give that time to it when you're just you just a solo unit but when you start looking into like the later years late 20s 30s most people will eventually have someone like a significant other or some people have families some people have other people that depend on you and rely on you and these people are as much as you know we should always put ourselves first when you have a family when you when you've got kids they're always above you on the pecking order. It doesn't matter what yeah. everything you do in life, you're going to prioritize and put them first. And bodybuilding doesn't often allow for that to happen at certain times, especially on prep. Yep. So for some people that will sit there and say, oh, you know, I've had a family and I've got to the Olympia or whatever. That's great. But you've got people around you who undoubtedly will, you, you they can't quite see that these people are giving to them more so than they're giving back to the family, but that's okay in their dynamic. For most people, most human beings wouldn't put up with that long-term. No. You, know, you, need, you need that 50-50 in any relationship, whether it's a relationship with your wife or a relationship with your friend or a relationship with the kids. You, it's give and take with everything. Now, I know so many bodybuilders have had a, had
0: a girlfriend or significant other or something like that and throughout comp prep, But it's that, that, exactly. that, that other person who's not even competing has had to, had to give back so much more than what they can give back to them. Yes, 100%. 100%.
1: Yeah. 100%. But we don't see it like that at the time because we're so depleted, we're so fatigued that we can't look outside of... The the, you know the 50 gram of rice we've got in front of us starving you know we can't Uh, take you got the blinkers on this is this is what you're doing and
0: whatever's happening out there is just
1: don't care yeah as much as it's horrible to say it you don't and and there's times when you look at it and you it makes you feel bad sometimes because you don't but it is the truth of it there are times when you're going to feel like that
0: and that's where another thing i'm starting to feel i'm starting to feel very selfish yeah because this is also the other fact of it is also the financial factor of it as well. So it's very expensive, like just to fly over to Spain to do to do the comp. Like even though we're going to do a bit of a holiday at the same time, you know, the flights from my wife and I return is over five grand.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like 2800 dollars each return. Wait, I'm still trying to think of that in English. Sorry, I just heard that in Aussie. My my English brain just read that in English. Um, so about two and a half grand English. I think I just paid my flights for Oz, and it was fourteen hundred return, English. So about two eight three Oz per person, or for you and Zoe? Oh no, did oh yeah, mm, just for me. Yeah, sorry, I, I just forgot that. Yeah, no, ignore me. Yeah, there's two people, not one. <laughs> yeah. It is expensive, man. Uh, I look at
0: that, 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 that's what I said I started feeling real selfish about it too. There's things I to be doing to the house here. There's a little upgrades we want to do. At the same time, I'm saying, hey. I need X amount of money just to get into prep. And then I need X amount of money for this as well. It becomes very, very selfish.
1: You're going to have to start drawing back, like you said, things around the house and need done that, you know, your wife, kids, all it's going to benefit them having stuff done in the house. You're thinking about not putting that money there and having it for competing again. So yeah. back into that selfish nature of comp prep. And it, it's it's not that this is a negative sport and it's not that, you know, we're sitting here saying that it's really, really selfish and that we're all kind of horrible narcissistic people because we're not, but there is just certain times in the bodybuilding timeline where you have to, like the off season is where we always say, like we try and give back to those people around us that put up with us on prep. Right. There's times where you just can't physically give that energy because you don't have it to give to everyone else around you. And you have a family around you, like Shane, your, your guys are absolutely fantastic. They've been with you for all your preps. Like, they understand what's going on they're really supportive of that which is great but not everyone's going to understand no and not every human being is going to get it most human beings still look at us in the bodybuilding industry and think we're absolutely clapped for starving ourselves oh, so I, I hear it
0: every week oh, i don't know how you do it i don't know why you do it I, mean, I, just, I say well you don't have to
1: exactly you know it's a personal choice but you've got to have that support network around you and you've got to have all the life uh, all the other factors of the allostatic loads all the other stresses that are going on around you they need to be somewhat in line with where you're heading or it is always going to fall short you're going to be met with so much resilience and there's only so much time before each hurdle you get over becomes a bit bigger a bit bigger it's a bit harder to climb over and it is eventually going to hit you with a brick wall yeah
0: well i think what i want our listeners and watchers to really take on board for this one is to really think about it and know your why so why you're doing this and i'd like to think you know solid about it i don't want you thinking now you know, I've had some girls, they want to do a contest prep that's going to make make them diet and make them get into a, a body competition they want. But at the end of the day, that is almost a, an eating disorder in itself because bodybuilding is a type of eating disorder and it's not healthy. But think about your why. Think about why you're doing it and, and make sure that it's, it's it's going to align with your goals. And if your goal is that you just you want to achieve, get on stage once, well, so go for it.
1: You just raised a good point there in the um, eating disorder to bodybuilding comparison. Now directly, I think quite not exactly the same for the pedantic listeners that are going to go, Oh, well, it's really negative. It causes this, uh, causes things like that. I think bodybuilding is very attractive to people that already have eating disorders, anorexia or binge tendencies. It's very attractive to them, but also bodybuilding can create these tendencies as you become more neurotic and so fixated on the numbers and being perfect you can end up becoming someone who permanently you know, overfeeds or underfeeds for chronic when there's a time and essentially that's what prep is in of itself it's chronically low eating to suffice the look which is very similar to kind of what anorexic people do just they're not doing it to suffice to suffice a look uh, it's a very different thing that's going on in their head that gets leading them to it but they're very similar in what they actually do so there is always like a, a little bit of not danger because danger is the wrong word, but a little bit be apprehensive around just jumping into bodybuilding, especially if you're not someone who's solidified in eating behaviors or have a good relationship with themselves. If you go into this thinking bodybuilding is going to fix your relationship with yourself, you're going to be quite painstakingly uh, mistaken there. It's probably going to make these things a little bit worse. I'm worse. It's going to be a hard learning curve. Yeah. So again, like you said there, Shane, having a good think about your why is important. And in all honesty, you're probably not going to know it within the first year of bodybuilding. No, I don't. I don't think you you can have an idea of why you think you're doing something. But I think the 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 time and experience that going at it and trying it is going to teach you is going to help you to formulate that why into something that's even going to last long term, or it's going to formulate into maybe this isn't for me. But you know, give it some time, give it some experience, build some experience of going through what you need to do, and let the why develop as you go. But try and have a good idea of why you think the why is at the beginning.
0: Yeah. I think and the I think the other takeaway I'll be able to, to, to take is that be realistic with yourself on what you want to achieve and how you're going to achieve it. And be ready for change. I wasn't willing to accept this and it took me quite some time to make this decision. Um but then I I I had I had to move with the, move with the punches you know. I, I had to make that decision and it came to that point i'm still happy on how far i went through the contest prep um but yeah just just be willing to
1: make change whether it be for the good or the bad yeah, i'm pretty straight man and if you are thinking or having second thoughts about competing take a note on how long it took shane to get to that decision from christmas to now where he was thinking about it questioning it making sure it wasn't just having a bad day so you know, think thoroughly about your decisions before you make them because once you pull from the prep you kind of can't revisit it two weeks later if you change your mind like once you've pulled you've kind of pulled you've changed things you've changed the structure you've lost timeline there to get in condition so make sure you're affirmative with your decision and if you're not hold it out for a few weeks longer just to fully be 100 and then you'll know your decision
0: i can tell you the exact day that i started thinking about it was the 22nd of december it was the day we moved into this house. I've done, yeah. I've done like 37,000 steps that day and I only eaten one meal. And I was like, fucking, yeah. you know, my brain started going to overdrive. That's when I started thinking about it. So guys, <laughs> that's me. That's what we're doing. Um, I'm never saying never. Who knows what happens one day? My son, one of my, um, he's one of my, my, my clients, essentially. Um, he wants to get on stage one day and I'm happy to embrace that. Um, so I have promised that if he gets on stage
1: too, I will jump on stage with him too. Oh, mate, that'd be epic. That'd be unreal. That'd be unreal. So, he wants to do... Well, if if he does end up deciding to want to do it, you never know what will happen as he gets older, but if he does, what a cool way to kind of like, guide him through that first prep. Like, you're in there with him, you know what he's feeling like at the same time, you can go you know, help coaching through them decisions as he goes through, man, that'd be awesome. Yeah,
0: yeah, so I've made that promise with him saying that I will be on stage one day if he wants to go on stage. Oh, yeah. That'd be I can guarantee that. In the meantime... I'm still doing what I do. I still prep my meals. I still track. I still get my steps up. I am having a relaxed week this week, but when I say relaxed week, I'm you know I'm still hitting seventeen thousand steps a day. I just I think I've had one day this week has been nine thousand steps. That's got to force myself to stay on the couch. You know, I, I I cannot stop this, and I think it's, it's something that Arnold Schwarzenegger says that you know going to the gym and this is inbuilt in him when he gets in the morning he eats breakfast when he's tired he goes to bed it's just that that's part of his nature and and I've been doing like I said I've been I've been going to the gym since I was 19 so for over 21 years I've been going to the gym um you know competitive for five years but really working on bodybuilding for the last eight you know I it's inbuilt in me so I won't stop and you know I've still got plans to um, improve my physique because I still love doing it. I still love bodybuilding. It's just a stage. I
1: don't see that as part of my goals. I was just about to finish on that one there. So just because you might make a decision to not be competitive as a bodybuilder, the art of bodybuilding is just simply improving your physique over time and, and going through the process of physique development. That's not something that needs to stop just because you decide not to step on stage and, and go through to that that extreme. But it doesn't mean you now just stop working on your goals and you know your own physical progress of what you're trying to achieve within your physique. That can still be done without having to step on stage. And I think that should never stop for anyone. Yeah, right I, guys, think that's, I think that was a good story time for us this week.
0: That was good. Um, never done an interview and sort of interviewed, interviewed myself. It was good there. I enjoyed that. It was a good, good little <laughs> chat team. But guys, this is the Real Talk podcast, guys. Thanks for listening or watching. Uh, look, uh, please like, comment, or share. It's so any way we can get this out and about. We do appreciate the people who are doing it at the moment. Um, if you do have any questions or queries, slide into my DMs. I'm um, <laughs> talking about business. A few things have changed. My Instagram handle is now Poppet PT Pro and we have George who is flex coach underscore George. So I'm- hey. ain't taking <laughs> eight episodes. Um guys, this is the real talk. Keep it real. Until next time. Peace.